Hey, everybody. Happy Sunday. Welcome to Sunday Service. Today is May 23rd. Sunday Service is all about creative finance. We've been doing this show for over two years. It started out as a conference call that Cody Barton, my business partner, and I used to do this conference call. It was like 1-800-CONFERENCE-CALL, and people would call in. And it got to a point where that conference call, we were just trying to help every investor that would hit us up on Instagram and say, I need help, I need help, I need help, I need help. And that topic is very pertinent today, and I'm going to get into that in just a second when I introduce our guest. Our 1-800-CONFERENCE-CALL number got overwhelmed to the point where it was lagging, and we said, we got to do something else. And I then learned about hey, you can go live on YouTube, you can go live on Facebook, you can go use streaming software. And so we we transitioned into that and Sunday Service was born. And on third episode, I ended up having Jamil Damji on Sunday Service. Sunday Service sparked his interest in creating Wholesale Hotline, which is where Wholesale Hotline came from. So if anybody's in here that watches Wholesale Hotline, you now know where Wholesale Hotline came from was the inspiration of Sunday service. So why do I bring this up? I bring this up because when you start doing well in real estate, you cannot help from being noticed. Okay, you cannot help from being noticed. And here's what I mean by this. You start doing real estate transactions, people start getting helped by you because the man on this screen right now is helping wholesalers revive their dead leads all over the country. And it is the number one most requested Zoom I get every single month from my students is, hey, will you bring in Vincent Lanza? Will you please bring in Vincent Lanza? And I call him Uncle Lanza because he's been, <laughs> he's been in our mentorship, uh, sub two mentorship almost since day one, if not day one. And um, we have become very close friends. I consider, consider him a brother. He is definitely one of the most helpful, most loving, most caring students I have. And what do I mean by that? I mean that when a new student comes in, Vincent Lanza takes it on his shoulders to say, how can I help? How can I lead, lead with value? How can I provide value to you? You've walked into this amazing mentorship. How do I make your experience better? And this man on this screen started in when did when you do really like start real estate full-time vincent was it like 15 16 months ago yeah something like that about uh, well now it's been about two years but then okay, i mean so, it really it totally accelerated when i hooked up with you went into another well yeah another so you <laughs> you started educating yourself on real estate 24 months ago you um, probably went to some seminars, read some books, watched some videos, maybe even were in a mentorship or two. And then you joined Sub2 in 2020, right when we launched. We right. When did we launch? May 1 or uh, June 1? Yeah, we just had our one-year birthday, like the end of April, right? Very end of April in 2020. Right. So it's it's been just slightly over a year. But now, and then so, I joined right then when it started. So you joined right when it started. And what's funny, and I'm going to uh, give me like one or two minutes, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys a couple of cool things about Vincent. We're going to talk about today, the topic on Sunday service is how to figure out and calculate your assignment fee on a creative finance deal. Okay. So we're going to jump into that here in a couple of minutes, but I want to walk through a few things. So you jump into the mentorship 
And still to this day, you've never watched the training videos, which I'm actually very proud of. I love that so much because when you come into sub two, you get six weeks of training, which is great. And it's all done through video. But if anybody that is a sub two student is in here, which I see Marlon Johnson, Richard Knowles, Daniel Quijano, I see Michael Hayes, Darren Talcott, a lot of our students are in here, a lot of our students. So they know that the best part of sub two is the community. The second best part of sub two is that we have endless, endless Zooms every single week. I usually do four to six Zooms myself. You now are doing a weekly Zoom. A handful of other very high level leaders in sub two are doing weekly and daily Zooms. And so um, that's really where you learned um, is that you would come into the Zooms, you'd learn a topic, and then you would immediately go and take action on it. And then the next time I would see you on a Zoom might be three, four Zooms later, and you would have your hand raised almost every single time. And you would say, Pace, I have a problem. And that's how you learned. You learned creative finance by going, taking action, causing problems, working through the process, and then coming to me when you had problems. The best part is that probably 60, 90, maybe 120 days into the mentorship, you turned around and started helping other people that were on day one, and you've become so good at articulating creative finance that now you are helping wholesalers all over the country. So um, I see a lot of students in the side chat, which is great. But what I want to do is I want to see who is not a sub two student and who is a wholesaler that is not a sub two student. I want to see some comments in the chat because we are directly speaking to you guys today. How do, if I do get a creative finance deal, how do I determine how much money it's going to make? And um, Lonza, I didn't, I don't prepare anything for these Sunday services because I've been doing this so long. I'm wondering, do you have a formula on how you're paying wholesalers or real estate agents or anybody that's doing a deal with you? Or is it kind of different per deal? Why is it different per deal? That's what I want to get into today. By the way, welcome to Sunday service. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. Appreciate it, Pacey. I'm so um, just really happy. My life's been changed. Uh, our lives have been changed, my wife and I, since we got into this mentorship. And so you know what, Pace, you know this creative finance is called creative finance for a reason because that's exactly what it is. Every deal is different. And so to really answer that question, it's like I know you've had I know you've said before, I've heard you say, well, like, you know, a thousand dollars for every hundred dollars that it cash flows. But then, you know, what if the deal has arrears in it? What if this house really needs a lot of repairs? What if there's other issues? with the deal, right? Then everything is is fluctuating. What if somebody comes to you and wants to wholesale you a, you know, 0% seller finance deal with a very minimal uh, down payment? That's a lot more attractive than say, you know, a sub two deal where the guy's got like $25,000 on his mortgage left in arrears. And so I would say the answer to that is it's super fluid. Every deal I look at is different. Every, every assignment fee is different based on the parameters of the deal. So you can maybe use that $100 per thousand, I mean, $1,000 um, per every $100 of cash flow. But there's so many moving parts in creative deals. Like every deal that I do and every deal that I'm presented with has different parameters, right? So one right. deal, the, the seller wants $20,000 cash out. Another deal, the seller only wants $2,000. One deal, he has no arrears. One deal, they have whatever, $15,000 in arrears. 
So to be honest, for me, I look at, at all those factors. Look at this comment on the screen right here. Can you see that? Yeah, absolutely. This Mo is Mohan, Doug Lonza lives in San Francisco, and yeah. he is actually the leader, actually one of the two leaders of our accountability group in NorCal. He knows all the sub two students in NorCal. So Mohan, if you want to work with Doug Lonza, you guys are going to get his contact information. Um, Uncle Lonza, you, you're, you've been doing deals all over the country, right? Yeah. Yeah. And any really weird, obscure cities that you want to tell me you've done a deal in that maybe just to <laughs> highlight the fact that you're doing deals everywhere. So, so when I very first started the mentorship with you pace, I was like, like you said, I was like, because we had just been in COVID right from March and April, then you come in with a mentorship in April. And I'm like, all I've been doing is watching zooms and, and all this stuff really doing like this education stuff for two months. So I'm like, I want to do a deal. I want to do it. So yes, I was jumping on the zooms with you, but I was ready to take action. And so when I first started uh, in the mentorship with you, I was like, I don't care. I just want to get a deal. So I, you know, took with some of the stuff that you taught me about, like, you know, uh, working with wholesalers and to work together with them to get their leads and give them a referral fee for some of their dead leads. And so I found these wholesalers in Detroit that had a seller in this place called Virginia, Minnesota. Now, Virginia, Minnesota is like three hours, three and a half hours north of the Twin Cities, um, Minneapolis, St. Paul. I mean, just a little town. I don't know anybody there. I've never been there. I probably never will go there, but I'm like, it's a deal. It's a sub two deal. So we actually were able to contract that sub two. Um, the guys, it, you know, it's it's Northern Minnesota. So it's not San Francisco prices on houses. It was like, you know, I think we contracted it like sub two, maybe 30,000 left on the mortgage. And he wanted $3,000 cash. And so, you know, I was like, I just want to do this. I want to learn the process. And like you said, I started doing it. Did I know what I was doing completely 100%? No, we went to a title company. They said they would do it. Then they changed their mind. We had to find another title, title company. Just all the things that you learn through the process of not only acquiring the property, but also dispoing the property. And um, so, yeah, that was probably like, you know, Podunk, Minnesota there. No offense yeah. to like Minnesota brothers and sisters. But yeah, you know, so at that point in time it was just let's just do a deal i want to try to do this and it and it completely worked we turned around and, and did a wrap on that on a contract for deed we actually took that um thirty thousand dollar property and sold it for sixty nine thousand dollars and and plus we wrapped it on uh i think that the interest rate that he had was about three and a half percent so we sold it on an eight percent term that's the maximum that you're allowed to do in minnesota according to their usury laws and um so we're cash flowing and also we have good equity in the property love it okay cool so let's let's do a couple of things here i'm gonna yeah. uh, we want to make sure that the audience that is not a sub two student um can get some really good basic value i know that we go very deep very quickly inside of sub two and uh, people tend to love that because they can go back and watch it and watch it and watch it. And then they also have a community of people they can work with to understand some of these terms. So let's break down a couple of things. Okay. Um, when we talk about creative finance, we're talking about a handful, probably three main deals that we're talking about. We're going to be talking about a subject to deal. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if people don't, you don't know what a subject to deal is, Lonza, it's amazing. I run the Sunday service every single Sunday and every single week I get somebody that comes in and goes, I don't know what subject to is. 
And that's perfectly fine. That's why we're here. Yeah, exactly. That's why we're here. Then you've got seller finance deals. Then actually there's probably four, four main deals. Then you've got a hybrid, right? Mm -hmm. So anybody that saw the breakdown of the house I just bought, I bought a house for 3 million. This is for my own family. 1.2 million was sub two and the other 1.8 million was seller finance. So you can have a combination of the two and people ask all the time, what happens if the seller has a lot of equity? Well, that's what you do. You, mm-hmm. um, so, and then the fourth one, um, and I don't know if you guys have one of these going on right now, but I know you've got some really cool sub two or sub tails going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get a, 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 a novation agreements. Okay. And I'm not going to ever really teach novation agreements on Sunday service. It's a little bit um, more, I, I keep that private for sub two students, but essentially what it is, is you're, you're fixing and flipping without actually buying the house, which is awesome. So you've got these four types of deals that we're going to run into 99% of the time. Sometimes there's some other outside of these type of deals. Like you'll run into somebody, a seller that will sell to you on a lease option. And I personally do not like acquiring on a lease option. I like to sell on a lease option. And um, I ca- if a seller says, oh yeah, I'll sell to you on a lease option, I say, I'm not your buyer. And I try and convert to one of these two. So let's say I get a house under contract, okay? And, and um, Lonzo, I'm gonna have you start thinking about maybe one of your most recent deals that you've mm-hmm. gotten from a wholesaler. And I want you to walk through and tell me why you paid a certain fee, okay? Because I'm going to tell you why I pay some fees. And this is going to be a very honest conversation because what happens with a lot of people is they'll say, I want an equation. I want an Excel spreadsheet that tells me exactly what to do and when to do it and how to do it and all that kind of stuff. And that's really challenging to do, even in wholesale, even in traditional cash, right? So here's one relationship. Every single time this person brings me a deal, I pay them a $5,000 fee, flat fee, okay? Now, the question is why, okay? Why? I'm going to give you guys a couple of reasons why, okay? Number one, um, well, let me start here. here here's, here's kind of where I, I'll start. And Lonza, you tell me where you're at on some of your stuff. If a wholesaler brings me a dead lead, it's dead. To them, they haven't talked to the seller in three months, sometimes six months, and they bring me a lead and we revive that lead. Typically, I'll pay that wholesaler a $500 to $1,000 for that once it closes because I'm not paying them an assignment fee. I'm paying them a finder's fee. Mm-hmm. An assignment fee would be mean that they've locked up the contract and they've gone through and negotiated with the seller and then they brought the deal to me and I didn't have to go through all that pain, heartache, um, you know, negotiating and all that kind of stuff and have to use as many of my skills as, as possible. And so a lot of times I'll just pay a wholesaler a finder's fee for their stuff that's sitting in that wastebasket, right? The trash can. And a lot of wholesalers look at that and they go, man, I, there was a time where um, I revived one guy brought me about 200 leads and I revived 12 deals for him in a 60 day period. He ended up getting a $6,000 check, which paid for all of his marketing for a month. Now you might say, well, that doesn't sound like a lot of money. Well, it really isn't a tremendous amount of money, 
but that's because I'm doing the majority of the work. You generated a lead. The lead then turned into trash. You've been sitting on that trash for two, three, four months. And I decide, hey, if I revive it, I, I contract it. I buy the deal. I will pay you a finder's fee because you found me a lead. You didn't close the deal. Okay. Now, I don't know how you operate, but that's how I teach the students to operate. However, practicality in the real world sometimes changes based on people's personalities and different characteristics of the deal. So um, hopefully you've got some of your own flavor, but I, I'll usually pay about $500 to $1,000 per deal that comes from a dead lead. Now, if the person brings me multiple deals over and over and over, sometimes I'll bu bump that up to $2,500, okay? This would be a Brent Daniels, okay? Brent Daniels brings me a lot of deals. He's uh, Mr. TTP, okay? So Brent Daniels bring me a lot of deals. I will get on the phone with the seller and I will a lot of times negotiate and make sure things are being handled properly and his team is hands off. But because he brings me so many deals, I pay him more money, right? Mm -hmm. Now, here's a third relationship. I have a third relationship where I have a girl that has brought me so many stinking deals and she's the one that contracts the seller. I don't actually have to get involved. That seller, or sorry, that wholesaler gets $5,000 every single time. This wholesaler will probably make a good $250,000 this year just by bringing us deals. Okay. Wow. So Amazing. a lot, right? So yeah. now here's the difference. This girl, her name is Katie. She comes down to my office. She's a student of the game. She's a student of sub two and she's constantly working with my team. Um, so she goes out and she actually gets these contracted. And now she's at a point where one out of three, I think she keeps for herself and she puts in her portfolio. Now, the interesting thing is that originally I felt like I was overpaying her on the 5,000, but now because of how many deals we have, I actually feel like I'm underpaying her. However, she feels like she still owes me for changing her life and making her life easy and all that kind of stuff. So she stays loyal and still is charging me this $5,000 fee. So the reason I'm going through these things is because to be honest, sometimes it's not about an equation. Sometimes it's about what's the nature of the relationship. Mm -hmm. What's the, what's the integrity? What's the loyalty? Now this week, um, Thursday, I'm actually taking all the sub to the, believe this or not, Lonza, I'm taking all the mastermind students to an appointment. We're going to end up having 38 people at one buy appointment on <laughs> Thursday morning. Yeah. Okay. Okay, this is going to be a lot of fun. We're taking a party bus to the appointment. This is coming from her. And she sends me a text the other day and she said, hey, I'd like to renegotiate our, um, our relationship. And I said, you know, I'm, re I'm renegotiable. Okay, I am. And let's, let's figure this out. I want you to continue to send deals to me because at the end of the day, she's at a point where she can start doing all of these deals herself. Okay, so these first three are based on a relationship. Now, if I have a fourth one as well, if somebody comes to me and they have a deal that is net cash flow, net cash flow, and we've talked about this, net means in my pocket, after my mm -hmm. expenses, after my mortgage, after my insurance, my workman's, not my workman's comp, that's a contract. Taxes. Thing. 
taxes and all that stuff, yeah. I get to put in my pocket, even after my buffer or my war chest, if it cash flows $100, I'm paying them $1,000. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is my standard. If it cash flows $500, i am paying them $5,000. Okay, now I just paid a $30,000 assignment fee on a deal. The cash flowing 3,000? <laughs> it's actually cash flowing 5,000. Okay. Okay, it's a mobile home park. Wow. Okay, it's a mobile home park I bought in Yuma. It's net cash flow is $5,000 a month. But why did I pay them 30 grand and not 50 grand? Do you have any idea, Alonzo? Um, there could have been something going on with it. Maybe there were some arrears. Maybe there were some repairs that need to be done on some of the, on the homes or something. There was some other factor in there that was going to cost you money. Yes. Here's the factor. The factor is this is Stephen Crawford, who is also a sub two student. You know, mm -hmm. Stephen Crawford, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So Stephen comes to me and he says, I want $60,000 as an assignment fee. And I said, you know what? That's actually a justifiable dollar amount, right? For that much cash flow. But what I really needed, if I'm going to own a mobile home park in Yuma, what do I own? What do I know about myself in Yuma is I have no boots on the ground. Yeah. You need a manager for the park. I need a manager. And I need a manager that cares about my property as much as he would if he owned it himself. I get what you're going. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> okay. So what I did is I, I not only paid, I went to Steven and I said, Steven, He's, he's an awesome story, by the way. He's very similar to you. He got started basically a year ago. Um, Steven, do you know his story about how he Googled how to get rich? Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Let me tell you this story real quick. This is okay. really quick. So um, Stephen Crawford, okay? Stephen Crawford uh, Googles. Actually, this is the beginning of the story. So Stephen Crawford lives in Yuma, Arizona. Two kids, wife, doesn't make more than $3,000 a month, okay? not a rich man. Yeah. And in San Francisco, that's basically your whole foods bill every single month. Right? <laughs> exactly. So um, Stephen Crawford goes to his boss and he says, I need a raise. His boss says, no problem. Go get your pilot's license. And instead of you mixing chemicals for the crop dusting company, you can actually go spread the chemicals in the plane and I'll give you a raise. Stephen goes and gets his pilot's license. Takes a long time to get a pilot's license and it costs money. So Stephen goes through all of that and then what happens is right when he gets his pilot's license, they give somebody else the job from outside the company that hadn't been with the company since day one. Hmm. So Steve Crawford's a little bit torqued. And what he says is he says, you know what? I'm not going to stand for this. Yeah. I'm going to go to Google and I'm going to Google how to get rich. <laughs> and he literally goes and Googles how to get rich and it pulls up how it says, go get into real estate. More millionaires are made in real estate than anything else. So what does he then Google? How to get into real estate. Okay. So he Googles how to get into real estate. He finds Steve Trang's podcast on YouTube, finds me, joins the mentorship. Two weeks later, gets his first zero down, 0% seller finance deal. And he now makes a thousand dollars a month from that first deal he ever did. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Now, a year later, he's done multiple deals, but now a year later, he gets this mobile home park under, under contract, okay? And he's, he says, I, I need to find a buyer. 
I need to find a buyer. And I, the $60,000, how, how would that change Stephen Crawford's life when he's used to making $30,000 an entire year? Mm. Right? Yeah. So what I did is I told Stephen, I said, Stephen, I want that deal, but I don't have a manager in Yuma. And so what I want to do is I want to um, take that $60,000 and I want to scratch off $30,000 from it because I'm going to require you, if you sell it to me, I'm going to require you to retain ownership mm. of the park at a small percentage. And you will also be my manager and you will make 10% of my net cash flow per month. Wow. So he's going to keep $500 per month, roughly, mm -hmm. in his pocket to continually help and manage the, the park. And he gets part of the equity. So if the mobile home goes, park, uh, goes up in value, we sell the deal. He gets a nice big chunk of money. So in this situation, this was a negotiation. He wanted 60. I wanted a manager. I wanted boots on the ground. And he was willing to relinquish $30,000 and I was willing, and not even willing, I almost like needed this in order to make this deal work. I needed somebody in Yuma to live there so I never have to go visit the property. And so in that situation, I paid him $30,000. So the answer to this a lot of times is what you said at the very beginning is, how do I, okay? How do I pay an assignment fee on a creative finance deal is that I start with kind of a rule of thumb. My rule of thumb personally is every $100 at net cash flows, I will pay a $1,000 assignment fee, okay? But depending on the relationship, depending on the deal. Now, if it's a, here, let's, let's do this one. Let's say it's a 0% seller finance deal with a 30-year note and no balloon. Okay. And let's say that, also, it has no repairs and it has no arrears. So mm -hmm. they're not behind on mortgage. Right. And the wholesaler they don't have a mortgage because they own the house free and clear, right? So. Yeah. So the seller, this is not a sub two deal. This is a seller finance deal, right? Yeah. So yeah. seller finance deal, 0% interest. And then we've got. 30-year note, no balloon, no repairs, no arrears. And let's say there's a tenant already paying in the property. So I don't even have to go in and do anything to the house. Mm -hmm. I've had multiple deals like this. Mm -hmm. And it cash flows $500 net per month. Mm -hmm. Any, any cash out to the seller on, on that one or just zero? zero uh, let's say it's, it's $10,000 to the seller. Okay, okay? so I'm $10,000 out of my pocket. And then I've got closing costs, let's say of $3,000, just hypothetically. Yeah. If, if a wholesaler comes to me and says, hey, I want $20,000 for this deal, I can tell you right now, I'm going to pay that fee. You are? Okay. Per personally. <laughs> personally, me, I would, because I see the value in this so much. You're right. I, I see what you're going. Yeah, that's true. Now, if the seller, so there's seven parts of the entry fee. We'll play this game with you a little bit because I'm going to call on you in a, a second to um, go over a couple of deals that you've done recently. So if I've got my entry fee here, so cash to the seller is the first part. Cash to seller. I've got cash to arrears or liens. 
then I've got my, uh, let's say the assignment fee. Then we've got closing costs. We've got reno. We've got a um, couple months of payments while I get the property cleaned up and ready to go. And then finally, my seventh is, what does it take me to get a renter in there? Do I have to pay mar marketing or staging or something along those lines? Yeah. I mean, there's other holding costs too. Maybe, you know, I mean, when we hold those properties, right, you're also paying the, the utilities during right. that time. So those are part of your holding costs too. Right. So this would be my maintenance. So that's, that's your maintenance, my maintenance yeah. So yeah. I'm maintaining that property while I'm getting ready for that thing to rent. Now, if I get a deal that somebody says, hey, it's cash flowing, um, let's say it's cash flowing. A lot of people will go, oh, it's cash flowing $500 a month. It's a great deal, right? The mortgage payment, the mortgage is $1,000 and the, I'm sorry, yeah, and you can rent it for $1,500. I go, okay, that sounds great. Looks like I have a spread, but that doesn't mean that's my net cash flow. The net cash flow is what is my total fee? So then they'll come to me and go, oh yeah, seller wants 20 grand. Um, they'll be also behind on their payments, 10,000. And I want a $10,000 fee. I'm like, okay, we're at 40 grand already. Then I'm 3,000 here, 5,000 here, 3,000 here, whatever, and $1,000. So they come to me and they go, okay, 20, 30, 40, um, essentially, let's just say $52,000 is what it's going to cost me to get this deal done. And they go, oh yeah, but it cash flows $500 a month, Pace. I look at that and I go, no, it doesn't. It negative cash flows two or $300 a month. And the reason for that is because people don't realize that that $52,000 comes from a private lender. Mm -hmm. Right. And my private lender is charging me 8%. Mm -hmm. So if my private lender is charging me 8%, let's say my mortgage is $1,000, my rent rate is $1,500, but my private lender is going to charge me 8% on $52,000. Let's see here. Um, 52,000 times 0 0.08. My payments, oh my gosh. Now I'm at $346 in payments to my private lender. So my $500 in cash flow went away really quickly. Then yeah. they're, they're not paying attention to the fact that I got to have a buffer every single month for repairs and vacancy. Mm -hmm. So technically, my payment every month is $1,546 a month and my rent rate is only $1,500. So you do get wholesalers that come to you and think that the cash flow is way stronger than it really is. Do you run into that a lot, Alonzo? Yeah, I run into that all the time. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time educating people on the fact that, man, I got to come in, in with all this money to make this deal work. And you're asking for a $10,000 fee on something that I'm technically going to, if you add these together, I'm negative cash flow $46 a month. So guys, first and foremost, you need to understand what does it truly net you? Okay. Truly, truly net you. So when I tell you guys the story about um, Stephen Crawford and the fact that it cash flows $5,000 a month, I truly mean that. That's $5,000 in my pocket after I bring a private lender to the table and after I have all the maintenance and all the fees and all that kind of stuff. That is $5,000 in my pocket. So let's make sure we're talking about the same thing here, guys, is that I want in my pocket cash flow. 
So, um, Lonza, do you want to talk about a deal maybe that's been brought to you recently, something you paid a fee on and why you yeah. paid that fee specifically? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say like exactly what you're saying is exactly the same way I look at it. Like there's a level of referral fee from which me is about a thousand dollars. That's like basically a dead lead from somebody that was is a wholesaler and they're talking to sellers that have want too high of a price for their property. So basically they're just passing that lead on to me. They're like, hey, we talked to this person. They want to sell their house that we can't convert this into a wholesale deal. So I do that as well. And then I think also, like you said, the level of even those referrals from somebody like a Brent Daniels, I would venture to guess that those um, referrals you get from Brent are definitely like, you know, higher level referrals or, or, or referrals that you convert more. So I, you know, I paid um, as much as 3000 for a referral that was a 0% seller finance deal and the wholesaler had um, pushed the deal down far enough to where I was pretty um, easy for me to come in and contract it. But um, I don't know if you want to whiteboard this or not. Um, yeah, sure. Okay. While, while you're pulling that up, Christian Hernandez, um, go watch the private lender Zooms that we've done in the mentorship. We did a six-week course on raising private capital and how I structure all of my private lenders is in Zoom number one. Go watch that. Go ahead. All right. So I'm going to talk about a deal that we did in Florida. Um, there's several things that I'm thinking, but I think this one is good because it kind of shows some of the negotiation negotiation that goes on. So um, and I'm going to try to remember the numbers, but they're going to be close. Uh, so we purchased this property for about $310,000. And that's okay. approximately about this is in the beach in Florida. So that's a prop approximately what the property is worth. It's not in great condition, but it did have a current tenant in it. That's paying $2,100 a month rent. Okay. However, the tenant and the, and the seller had a very bad relationship. They didn't like each other. Um, so the tenant was like kind of, you know, not paying all the rent and everything. I'll tell you the rest of that story, which is very interesting. So the whole story I'm getting is, is like the tenant doesn't like, the landlord, the landlord doesn't like the tenant, the tenant, the landlord wants to evict the tenant and the, and the tenants like this landlord is garbage. So I'll, I'll tell you the rest of that story in a second. Now, um, I believe the seller wanted about $20,000 cash out. Okay. But the seller was willing to give us 0% financing. So that's, as you said, 0% financing is a big deal. Because why? Because every payment that you're paying, there is no interest. It's going towards the principal. So the principal is going down very rapidly, as opposed to an amortized loan where the principal is going down very slowly. Even if you have a low interest rate, like 3% or something, right? It's all top loaded with interest. And so it's going down very slowly. So anytime you get 0% uh, interest on a seller finance deal, that's uh, very attractive. And the wholesaler wanted $10,000. I think he had to split it with another person. Was there no arrears, right? Uh, no arrears, none of that. And the payment every month was just arbitrary. It's $777 a month. Okay, so the wholesaler wanted how much? 10000 Okay, great. Okay, and the payment is arbitrary. It's not based on any amortization. It's just the guy, I want $777 a month. Love it. 
So you can see there's good cash flow in there, but the property is not in prime condition. And you've got this adversarial situation where we're seemingly inheriting a tenant that is terrible, right? So we found out when we- Well, got let's, the let, let me, I want you to tell this story, but I want to rehash this and drive this home real quick. Okay. okay. So it sounds like you're buying a $310,000 house, seller finance. It's not a subject to deal. It's a seller finance deal. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a tenant in the property paying $2,100 a month, which we're going to hear the story. It sounded like the tenant hates the landlord. The landlord hates the tenant. And at the end of the day, when you were structuring the deal, which you got, did you get a 30-year deal? Uh, it's again, it's a random, it's a random amortization with a balloon on it. So What's you the can't really, the guy just wanted that payment, right? What's the balloon? The balloon is five years. Okay. Five years. Okay, great. The only time I will ever do a, a balloon is on a 0% interest deal. Five-year balloon or less is on a 0% deal. So I like that a lot. Let's pull out this 777. 777 times 12, so that's $9,300 a month. Then you take, or I'm sorry, $9,300 a year. So you're going to take that $310,000, um, add the $10,000 to the wholesaler, hypothetically, Oh, actually, you paid him. You probably paid him cash. You'll tell us that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, no, that got paid at an escrow. Divided by 9,300. So essentially, oops, super interesting. 310,000 divided by it's, it's, uh, it's not, I mean, it's just, it can be what it is, but it's, he didn't figure out according to some amortization. Like normally we do, right? Like even on a seller financing, but he yeah. just picked a random number out of the air. Like I want $777. So we're like, okay, that's fine. Love it. You know, what's funny is that that's a 33 year term. Is it? Okay. <laughs> so random. He probably doesn't even know that. Yeah, that's great. Know. It doesn't matter. This is the thing no. that I'm, this is something I really want to drive home and why it's so important to have a community and that it's so important that you should have access to help on these types of deals, whether you're JVing. So one of the reasons why I brought Vincent um, Lonza on the screen here today, guys, is so you guys can reach out to him and work on deals where you might go, man, that Sunday service was crazy confusing. Why would a seller ask you for 33-year 33, 33 term? I don't understand it. Can you help me? That's why I'm bringing Lonza here. But the reason for the 33-year term is that when you're working out a payment with the seller, the seller says, well, how much are you going to put down and how much are you going to pay me every single month? You don't tell him, you ask him. And it sounds like Lonza and the team, Lonza's team, the wholesaler and him, asked the seller, what do you want in your pocket every single month? Right. And the, the seller says, I want $777 because that's my lucky number. And I, I feel like that's my jackpot number. I want $777 a month. And I will then sell this to you at $310,000 with $20,000 down. Actually, that probably might that might be a 30-year term. Hold on. Now that you're putting $20,000 down. Hold on. I didn't I'm stupid. I think that the ended ending the ending number was like um it's like 280. It's that's 390, but the ending number was like 287 or something like that. Okay, no problem. So it's it looks like it's a 31-year term or a 31-year payment. Yeah. If you paid him every single month, $777, it would take you 31 years to pay him off. However, he's saying to you, look, I'm going to give you this 31-year payment, but what I really want is 
after five years of you making that payment, we're going to have a, a day where that loan ends and you need to either A, refinance me, which I know you won't do that. No. B, you'll sell the property. Yeah. Or C, you can, um, you can pay it off, which I know you won't do that either. You'll probably end up selling the deal. Yeah, probably sell it, yeah. So that's where the $777 payment came from. This is where I tell people a calculator and a spreadsheet and all that kind of stuff does nothing for you. <laughs> it does true. nothing for you. <laughs> it's because it all comes down to your negotiation. If you guys pulled out like an amortization schedule and you went to like bank rate and you started showing the seller all these payment plans and all this stuff and you got highly technical, the seller would probably be like, wait a minute, why am I selling this house to you for 0% interest when the average interest rate on this website says 2.9%? You don't want to highlight to, this, that, to the seller. You want to ask them, what do you want in your pocket? And that's what Lonza and the team did. The seller then says 777. It worked out based on what he wanted to a 31-year term. The seller then says, that's too long for me to wait for all of my payments to be paid off. So how about this? I will give you five years to make a decision whether you refinance me out with a new loan, you sell the property and pay me off, or you pay it off in cash yourself. And that catches us up to the deal. So tell me the rest of the story. Hopefully that helped people clarify. Yeah, yeah. So that's funny what you're saying. I think like exactly like the number is just like, it's some significance, like it's his lucky number or something. It's just pull a, pull a number out of the air. I love this number. It's 777, right? So, so, okay. So then we get into, so, but we're seemingly inheriting this terrible tenant, right? Because when I looked at the rent roll, the tenant stopped paying the, uh, the, the rent about a month before and then he started and he was paying a lower rent. He wasn't paying all the 2100. So this was like an adversarial relationship. So that's something that I'm concerned about. But I also I you know I also know that it's 0% financing. So I'm like, okay, this deal makes sense. Now another thing is which pays you probably have run into this, you're inheriting somebody else's lease, right? That lease yeah. probably has a um, cleaning fee and a first and last. So it's probably got some money attached to it. So what I learned is like you need to get them to give you back that money, right? Yeah. Because you already got that in their bank account. Like, let's just say, for instance, his $2,100. In this case, the guy paid first and last. So he gave him $4,200, plus he gave him another thousand. So he gave the guy $5,200, the first months and the last months in the cleaning deposit. And so we negotiated with a wholesaler because the seller didn't want to give us back the cleaning deposit. So we negotiated with a wholesaler to take that off the wholesale fee. So we actually paid a $9,000 wholesale fee because of that cleaning deposit. And okay. then we also negotiated with the seller to give us the last month's back, the last month's rent back at in escrow. So that was part of the escrow was that we got that $2,100 back. So all Love those that. things. All those things are factors when you're in, I've done this a couple of times. So when you're inheriting somebody else's lease, think about that, right? They've got some money in their pocket from the cleaning deposit and first and last, and you can negotiate those terms. Um, so we, we did that. We got $2,100 credit back at escrow from the seller for the last month's rent. We got a thousand dollars because the seller did not want to give us that. But I'm like the wholesaler. I'm like, Hey, I don't want to, I told the wholesaler, I don't want to eat that thousand dollars. So they, they took it, took a $9,000 fee. So the rest of the story is we take on that we take over the property. I called um, 
the tenant in there and I'm, you know, introduce myself and the tenant, he's like, yap, yap, yap. And in my ear, he's like, there's rats in this house. This house is falling apart. I'm like everything. Okay. Okay. I, I said, I'm not going to be your terrible landlord. Like, tell me what we need to do. We need to get this property up to speed, you know, to some degree, I understand. And, um, you know, the landlord's telling me, Hey, here's the lawyer that you can evict this tenant. He's, he's, he's emailing me all the information. He goes, this is a lawyer. This is how much it's going to cost. But, uh, bottom line to the story is I just negotiate with the tenant. I'm like, hey, we'll do this, this, and this with the property, not radical repairs. We'll, you know, we'll fix up a couple of the bathrooms, not total remodel, none of that. And you'll pay the rent. And honestly, ever since then, he's been paying us the rent. He's been paying it on time. He, he goes and, and puts the money into our account, like on the first of every month, and everything is cool. So here's this supposed tenant, you know, that is terrible. Uh, and this landlord that have this terrible relationship and we come in there and, you know, I find out that it's really just a matter of like just personally dealing with people, being reasonable with people and, um, you know, trying to be like a reasonable landlord. Like I'm not going overboard. I'm not totally remodeling the house right now. I won't do that until we get ready to sell it. Doesn't make sense to do it right now. But, you know, I can be a reasonable landlord. And if there's some stuff in the house that needs to be fixed, let me do it. And so um, all is well and good. That tenant is um, paying his rent on time. Uh, we're cash flowing pretty good on that property um, because it's 2100 to 777. The insurance is uh, a little high because it's in the coast of Florida. And we got the insurance, by the way, with James Jenkins. He was super helpful on that, your guy. Um, Amazing. So we're paying, uh, I, I would say, 250 on insurance, maybe another. So we have, you know, maybe $400, but right? We're, we're getting $2,100 rent and we're increasing the rent in July. Um, so I have $2,200 rent minus the 400. So that's 1800 minus about another agent. So we have about a thousand cash flow on that property, which makes Love now it. that goes back to your formula, that kind of works, right? That's kind of like for thousand dollars and we paid a $10,000 assignment fee. So that kind of makes yes. sense for you. Thousand, uh, $100 per hundred. So that's, so that's for <laughs> For anybody that didn't quite understand what he was talking about with um, the the rent. So a lot of times what will happen is you work out. This this is a perfect example of mine. I've got a deal okay. I bought in. Let's see. When did I buy this thing? December 15th, 2020. Okay. So just a couple of months ago. Well, actually six months ago. Holy crap. The world yeah. just goes by way too fast. I huh? know. Too crazy. Huh? Yeah. So I buy the house, by the way, buy the house for a million bucks, seller finance, pretty cool. Then what happens is the seller gives me a credit right here. Seller gives me a credit of $9,000 because they were holding a security deposit from their tenant. Mm -hmm. And so they had to have that come out on the settlement statement. And the seller had just received their payment for the rent. Look at this, 1215, literally the day we were closing escrow, the tenant pays their bill, tenant pays their rent. And you can, right, so they gave me the credit of $4,500. So I got a credit of $13,500 on the deal. And I actually, the seller ended up only getting $77,000, even though I had actually given the seller $100,000 down. Now, this is scary for a lot of newbies, right? A lot of newbies are like, oh my gosh, hundred grand. Where did that hundred grand come from? 
which I understand when I started, if I didn't understand where that hundred grand come from, I would have, my brain would have melted. But now I, you know, I've been doing this long enough. I know I, I look at that money and I'm like, that's not my money either. So um, Lonzo, you might be using your own money right now. Um, I know you've actually been doing a little bit of lending here and there. Are you guys raising capital? Or are you guys primarily using your own cash for these deals? Um, at this point, we're primarily using our own, but we're taking money, you know, we make from deals and then we're just turning it over into other Love things. It. So you're basically, your wholesaling is paying for your acquisitions. Yeah. Love that. So guys, pay attention to this. There's a couple of different way, places that money comes from, right? So either A, um, you're rich and that's not Lonza or myself. Okay. We did not come from bougie backgrounds where people just give us a bunch of money. I'm sure that we all had to just work for that. You're either rich and you can fund this stuff yourself or B, you go and get a private lender. Okay. That's a lot of times a private lender will bring money to the table. Three, your wholesale business will fund your rental business or four, you do a lot of wraps and your buyer brings the money to the table and you keep the cash flow, which I know you've done that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So those are the four places money comes from. For me, it's usually this or this and every once in a while this, but it's never because it's in my pocket. Um, I'd say 90% of my deals, the money comes from private lenders and yeah. Probably 8% of my deals comes from that. And then every once in a while, I will fund it with my own money. But I am in a different world than Lonza. Lonza has been doing yeah. this only a couple of years. <laughs> You're in a much different world. <laughs> if, if I have $100,000 sitting in my bank account, Lonza looks at that and says, oh, I can go buy five deals or whatever, maybe six deals yeah. out of that, right? Yeah. yeah. I look at that and I go, oh man, that five deals, I could pay somebody else 8% interest on that money. And I could take my $100,000 and I could go three exit by doing fix and flips. Mm -hmm. okay. And I could in 12 months, turn that into $300,000. So me putting my money into my own deals is not a great situation. Now Lonza's building up steam. He's building his business. He's probably going to get to that same point. And I fully intend on partnering with this man on the screen um, with the title company. Okay. Um, Ayara Niederauer. Wow. You should definitely teach me how to pronounce that. I am so sorry. I just butchered that. So, um, if you are looking to become a private lender, you're welcome to reach out to me. Maybe Lonza and I will do a deal together and we'll use your money. Um, if anybody wants to partner with us on a deal, send me, um, or Lon Lonza, what's your email? Put your, email, put your email in the side chat so people can reach out to you and you and I can work on doing some stuff to, together. Okay. Let me do that. I'll do it um, on both uh, YouTube and, and Facebook as well. So. By the way, while we have a little intermission, while Lons is pulling that up, um, who watched the um, air meet that I did yesterday with Robert Allen? I did absolutely you, did. How amazing. good was that? That was so good. That was so amazing. That was life-changing. That guy is like one of the most amazing people I've ever heard speak. He's unbelievable. Uh, so Aaron Leeds, do you know the story of that, Lonzo, of where 
Robert Allen came from? Yeah, but tell it because most people probably don't. I didn't even know who he was until you mentioned him. I know, I know it's so funny. My brother-in-law sent me a text and he's like, I had no idea. Like he's like, I'm, bar- I'm embarrassed. I didn't know who he was. I'm like, well, you know, Robert Allen was doing stuff in the eighties, nineties and early two thousands. And he kind of took like 10 years off. And you know, you guys are all, we're all consuming content that's being put out as a fresh piece of content like today, because we want new information, but Robert Allen's not really on social media. So it, a lot of people haven't heard of him, but Holy moly. That was, I honestly think that was the best live that I had ever done. Yeah. And mostly cause I didn't have to talk the whole time. But the, the second reason is because Aaron Leitz writes me an email. I don't know, four months ago. And he was telling me he was discouraged. He was discouraged. He was discouraged. And we had a little bit of a discord back and forth. Um, And then he sends me a DM in my Instagram and he was like, Hey, I'm going through my journal and I'm listing out my fears. And I didn't say his name at the time, but I posted it on Instagram and I said, who else has these fears? And do you think we should talk about mindset? And oh my gosh, it was like one of the most um, liked commented on posts of that month. And I said, wow, there's something here. A lot of people are also fearful of getting into real estate. And they're feel fearful of all these things. And I am not a great mindset coach. I'm a great like tactician. I'm a great salesperson. I'm a great, you know, show you how to work really hard and lead by example and a family man. But man, I've never really been that type of motivational mindset coach. Let me find somebody and bring them in as a special guest. And then the following week, it's weird how the universe and God and um, all of that works because I set it into I set it into the world that I was going to help Aaron Leitz solve this problem in his mind, which I still think we haven't quite gotten there. He has a lot of fear, fear of failure, fear, fear of embarrassment, fear of whatever it was. And I get an invitation to go speak in Key West. And I'm like, I'm not going to Key West. I have this TV show we're filming for A&E. I'm not going to, I'm not going to Key West. I have to start this TV show, right? And, um, the gentleman who invited me says, Robert Allen is going to be there and he's going to be speaking. And I know you're a big fan of Robert Allen's. I'm like, big fan. He's like (laughs) my top three people that I need to meet. Like, this is a guy that I want on my, I want to have a picture of him and I shaking hands. Like I'll put that on my mantle. And so I drop everything I'm doing. I fly down to Key West. I meet Robert Allen. I tell him about Aaron Leitz and the fears that Aaron Leitz has. And I need him to come speak to my sub two students. And then instead of me keeping everything included in just the sub two mentorship, I think our sub two mentorship, whether I bring Robert Allen to the mentorship exclusively or not, I think the mentorship is worth a billion dollars, right? No, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) So what I did is I then said, why don't I utilize Robert Allen as a way to introduce my students to my non-students so that they can start collaborating with each other. And let's just make it a community event in the hopes of talking about the fear of real estate. And it turned out to be so epic. And that whole post and that email that Aaron Leitz sent to me was the the catalyst that was needed to talk about it. And then we've already gotten um, Les Brown. Who knows who Les Brown is? Do you know who Les Brown is, Doug? Yeah. So Les Brown is coming in June 
And right. now we are working on getting Eric, um, the hip hop preacher. Do you know who he is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got him coming. We've got a whole bunch of other um, mindset coaches. We're going to line up month in and month out for the rest of the year, just talking about mindset and how to, yeah. you know, make sure you're in the right uh, brainwave and all that kind of stuff. So Aaron Leitz, his post right here just yeah. made me think of yesterday and how good that was. He it was most likely pronounced E-R-A. Okay, well. <laughs> that was way wrong. That was way wrong. So um, apparently, apparently there's a spammer. Um, I don't know who the spammer is. Leo Aguirre said there's a spammer. Who's the spammer? Uh, oh, ba Bashkar Campbell. Let me just block him. Idiot. Right. People are Thank you, Leo. We're getting them. We're blocking Thanks, them. Thanks, Leo. Appreciate you. Um, so that was really good. That was really, really good. What was one of your bigger takeaways from that, Lonzo? Oh, one of my bigger takeaways was, first of all, like what I've been learning is definitely like do due diligence yourself. Don't assume that everything that people tell you, I love your phrase, it says that buyers are liars and sellers are worse. Um, don't assume that what other people's opinions are of certain people are true. Like, I, I mean, I went in there with the mindset of like, I'm going to inherit this tenant. I'm going to have to evict this guy. And that didn't happen. So I think just in life in general, like don't prejudge situations, be really careful that people will tell you like this and that and the other thing and don't prejudge it. Right. Just determine for yourself. Like just don't go by everybody's opinion. And, um, and then I guess the other thing in that situation is just to, um, you know, I'm, I was still learning. Right. So just make sure you, uh, you know, dot all your I's and cross all your T's and, and, you know, go in there and check, you know, when you're taking over a lease, look at the lease agreement, see what's in there, see what you're taking over when you're doing um, any kind of deal, just see what you're getting yourself into. I would say the first, honestly, pace, the first couple of deals, I was so anxious, like I didn't even care. Right. And so yeah. I learned a whole lot, but I would say that I would have, I'm not saying I would have done those deals, but I would have, been more diligent about seeing exactly what I was like getting myself into. Now, thank God, everything worked out good in the end. But right. um, but doing your due diligence and just just knowing what you're getting yourself into. That's all. Just check check out what you're getting yourself into. Um. So I want to pull something up because you just brought something up that just like so pertinent to right now. So so pertinent to right now. Let's see if I can find this little post. Um, does anybody know who Phil Mickelson is, by the way? Do you know who Phil Mickelson is? Yeah, absolutely. He's a golfer. <laughs> okay. So Phil Mickelson just won the open championship at the age of 50, the oldest um, professional golfer to win a major in, in history. He's the oldest. Okay. And he just made a post and I'm looking for it right now. Um, see if I can find it real quick. It is so stinking good. He just wrote it on his Twitter and basically I'll, I'll read it out loud because it's, okay. it's that good that I got to stop and read this. He says, I failed many times in my life and career. And because of this, I've learned a lot. Instead of feeling defeated countless times, I've used that as fuel to drive me to work harder. So today join me in accepting our failures Let's use them to motivate us to work even harder. And he's yeah. my favorite golfer. He has always been my favorite golfer and family guy, great guy, all that kind of fun stuff. But 
the thing, the point, the reason I want to point this out is a couple of things. Lonza, you're not in your twenties, are you? No. <laughs> are you in your thirties or forties? No. Are you in your fifties? <laughs> We're not going there. <laughs> okay. But I, here's my here's my point. No. Well, yeah, I'm I, I'm a little bit older. Okay, I love older. it. It's amazing. <laughs> Main, the this guy that probably I old enough to. to be you're probably old enough to be my son, Pace. <laughs> hey, there are times where I do feel like I'm your son. I, I learn I learn stuff from you. Um, so my point in in this is that two things. One, Lonza jumps into his first couple of deals because I told you, and maybe this is an inherent part of your personality. I'd like to hear that, but I was like, guys, go make mistakes and bring them to me. And you would continually go, all right, I got a mistake for you. I got a mistake for you. Or, hey, I got a problem for you. I got a problem for you. I got a problem for you. And you just walked right into the fire, grabbed the burning puppy and ran back out, of, right? And most people go, oh my gosh, but the thing's on fire. So that's one, is that you jumped in, took action, and you solved problems afterwards, which is a big part of what Robert G. Allen was talking about. The second thing I really enjoy about watching your rise and watching what you're doing is that there is a secret recipe to what you're doing. And I want to go into a couple of things about you that are really special. The secret recipe is not your um, pedigree of real estate. You weren't born in a real estate family that has no. billions of dollars. No. You haven't been in real estate for 10 years. No, not at all. You you know, you, you guys haven't been fixing and flipping and doing all this stuff and you just magically go, oh, I'm going to switch over to creative finance. Like you almost joined creative finance as like your main bread and butter, like right out of the gate, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, my point that I want to make, and I want to talk to you about this and ask you a couple questions, is that you are, you've never watched my trainings, my, my videos, no, sorry. Which is, don't be sorry. I'm so okay. grateful that you haven't. I'm, I, okay. you, we, we got all the relationship building and the deal structuring and all the stuff on the hundreds of Zooms we've spent together over the last year. Exactly. Yeah. You also, we haven't even talked about this. This is where I'm leading up to. You also don't spend any money on marketing. Is that correct? Not really. No, I tried for a little while, but it wasn't happening. Like I didn't spend very much though. I did it for maybe like a month and then I was like, no. So I, Virtually paying. I don't pay anything now. So here's what you're doing. You are paying, but you're paying with your time. And what you're doing mm -hmm. is you're helping wholesalers understand what they have in their trash bin, and you're trying to convert it to them so that they can make money. And so what you do is you build relationships with wholesalers and say, hey, you're not using creative finance. I am a creative finance wizard let me help you out with your dead leads. And you are, would you say you're level four um, overwhelmed with leads or would you say you're like a level eight or nine overwhelmed with leads? Uh, I'd put it at about a level seven right now. <laughs> Perfect. So you really never have to worry about lead flow and you can structure your life. Is your wife also helping you in your business? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Me and her work together hand in hand. She helps me every single day. I and love she's, it. Yeah, she's she's wonderful. <laughs> she's so guys, what I what I want to point out are a couple of things. One, if you guys need help in your business, Vincent Lonza is there to help you with your leads and to help you get your deals done. Okay. Um, Adriana says, What was your first method to get leads? 
I'm sure. Uh, my first method was to post in Facebook groups and to just um, post that I would help wholesalers with their dead leads. So I would go into um, real estate Facebook groups and just put posts. And so I did that. Remember that deal I was talking about earlier in Virginia, Minnesota? That's how I got that. I posted in a Facebook group, you know, something to the extent of wholesalers. Let me help you with their, your dead leads. I can pay you a referral fee. And those two wholesalers from Detroit, Michigan reached out to me. Um, they gave me the lead. I mean, basically, they just gave me the guy's name and number and said, we think this guy might be willing to, you know, sell his home. And we converted that into a subject to deal. And I gave those wholesalers a thousand dollars for that referral. And I mean, really for them, it was wonderful. They were, they were pleased to punch because they basically made a thousand dollars off of something that would have been worthless to them. So Adriana, what he's saying is when he joined sub two, one of the main things, do you remember I used to do free lead Wednesdays for like three mm -hmm. or four free months? Free lead Wednesday, free lead generation Wednesday. I totally remember it's, it. It's been a long time since I've done that, but I would go through every week and I would give a new free lead generation tactic. And the main one that I would focus on is generating wholesalers, dead leads. And what happened is there was about 20 students that went out and did it consistently, but Doug Lonza not only did it consistently, and now that was in the very beginning when we only had a hundred students. Now we have 2000, but yeah. now we have hundreds of students that are doing the same method. But um, out of those 20 students that immediately were like, I'm not going to ever spend money on leads. I just want to help wholesalers. What was interesting is Lonza, Uncle Lonza, as I call him, <laughs> turned around and told all the other students, guys, Pace is telling you the truth. Like, this is working for me. I'm making money from this. I'm buying 0% seller finance deals and I'm buying this. And I think you have like eight to 10 properties now cash flowing in just the last 12 months. Is that right? Yeah, about that many. Yeah. We're, yeah. Okay. So you got eight to 10 properties in your first 12 months in sub two without any lead generation because you went out and you went after that strategy. Then because you were so helpful in the sub two mentorship, I started calling the method, which I call reviving dead wholesaler lead method. I started calling it the Lonza method because you were talking about it more than I was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, this is an interesting thing. So Abraham Torres says, do you, do you do a JV agreement with someone who can work those dead leads for you? Hmm. Interesting. Do I do a JV agreement with someone who can work those dead leads? Let me decipher. Let me decipher this. I do this. I do these lives all the time, and I realize yeah. like a lot of people are typing this on their phone or their voice messaging their questions. So the question doesn't really make a lot of sense. Let's just simplify this. Do you have a JV, a written, signed JV agreement with the wholesalers you're working deals with? Um. Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. There's some people that we have a relationship and it's just a relationship of trust and they know that I'm gonna take care of it, I'm gonna pay them, but sometimes people don't know me as well. So I'm willing to sign a very simple agreement that basically says that if I convert this into a, into a, into some kind of sale at, and I close it at escrow, I'll pay you a thousand dollars. So yeah, I mean, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't, but I'm willing to. And it's a very, very simple agreement. It just simply says, if we convert this lead that you gave us um, and w when we go into escrow and it, we actually, you know, buy the property or do whatever we do with the property, then I'll pay that referral fee. So, but most of the time I don't, honestly, I just, I like to build relationships with people. So I like to have a mutual trust relationship and I'm, you know, I'm willing to help people like you said. So, um, you know, but I will if, if I need to.
And um, I, I have given a bunch of the sub two students the agreement that I do. So if you're a sub two student and you need that, you can always reach out to me for that. So guys, look at the screen. You guys can see Vincent Lanza's um, Instagram. It's Vincent Douglas underscore. What I want you guys to do is take a photo of the screen. We've got 300 plus people watching. Give us a, take a screenshot and tag Vincent Douglas underscore on Instagram. Let's tag this guy. And I want you to follow him. I want you to be able to Instagram DM him and work deals with him. He is one of my, you had to have been the first, one of the first 20 students that joined. I believe so. Cause when we did those, you used to do the really early morning zooms when you first started, remember like 5.00 AM or something. Oh, yeah. And we would just jump on those and it would be like day. <laughs> and you were doing them like almost every day at that time. Right. Yeah. It was, it was people, my team was telling me to slow down. They were like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I mean, I'm, I love we my were, students. We were like sponges just absorbing all this because it was so fun. It was so new. It was so fresh. And it was just like, wow, this is, and it just opened up this whole amazing world that I wasn't aware of. So, boy, that, that was some fun times back then. I'm not an early yeah, morning person either, okay? So between Daily Dow, sometimes on Daily Dow, I'll literally jump out of bed like five minutes before, put on my sub two hat, and I'm like, okay, let's yeah. underwrite this. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I, I do the same thing a lot of times. Like, you just, you know, you just got to jump right into it. But here's here's a funny thing is like now a lot of the students that have been in the program for over a year, you guys are now running Zooms, not just being, you're not just consuming my content, you're turning around and helping the students. Um, for anybody that's a new student in the chat right now, we've got 300 people in here. Some of them are going to be brand new. What are you doing on a weekly basis and where can people watch you in the Zooms um, on a weekly basis? Right. So if you're part of the Northern California group, I'm the accountability leader. We do a weekly Zoom at 730. Um, I'm on Daily Dial, the West Coast Daily Dial on Wednesdays and Fridays. Fridays I do it with Dustin um, and Dustin and I do the, the Dustin and Doug do underwriting. That's at 7 a.m. And then also we're getting ready to do the closer competition. So that's going to be starting on June 2nd at 5 p.m. And you're going to be coming into the judges uh, semifinals and finals. Um, that's going to be um, Arizona, Southern California, Northern California and Atlanta in the next closer competition. Uh, and also, hopefully, I, I, I'm just going to talk to you when I see you at the mastermind. I like to kind of maybe do a, a pretty regular, like freely generation kind of community Zoom for all the people that are doing that strategy, like meet with them at least once a month or once every couple of weeks just to answer questions and, you know, talk to each other about, hey, what's working, what's not working. Love so um, that's about it for right now. <laughs> well, uh, so I see Dan Quijano in here. Dan Quijano is the one that put that competition together. Yeah, yeah, he's we great. Up, we ended up breaking Zoom on that. And then that actually prompted me to no longer do Zoom. Okay, so if I'm inside the sub two mentorship, I do Zoom, right? Because usually I'll get 150 to 200 students on my Zooms and Zoom can handle that. But when we open things up to the community, like that Robert G. Allen thing, we ended up having a thousand registrants for that one event wow. and Zoom caps out at 500. So yeah, or else you got to pay a whole bunch more money. <laughs> right, right. So we bought, we actually bought the yearly subscription for Zoom. I'm sorry, the yearly subscription for AirMedia ended up costing us $7,000 so that we can do these free events. And Dan Quijano was the 
the motivation behind that because he put the close. What are we? What are we calling the closers? Um, not the closer Olympics. Uh, yeah, Dan, put it in the put it in the chat. What are we calling? I don't even know what we're calling. Is it the role play, the role playing competition? Is that what we're calling it? I don't know. Tell tell him to put it in the chat and tell us what it's called. <laughs> so. Dan Quijano puts together this role-playing competition where he basically challenges accountability groups versus other accountability groups, I think is the now the, the format. Yeah. Then I'm like, this is the coolest thing. We ended up getting Brent Daniels, Steve Trang, and we're going to get a couple other really cool guests coming up. And we broke Zoom. And so I go, we can't do this on Zoom anymore. We got to do it on AirMeet. And what's cool about AirMeet is that... Um, AirMeet allows us to send out the recording of the AirMeet to everybody via email, whereas Zoom doesn't automatically do that. I have to like manually go back and send it to everybody. So if you register to these free AirMeet events, anybody that's not a student, um, like the Robert G. Allen one, you'll get, you'll end up, if you were registered, you will end up getting a recording of that, but I will never put it on YouTube. I want these things to be exclusive and I wanted to feel like it's like a fireside chat. I don't want it to be just like, hey, we're here creating content. I'm, I want to create community, which is like something that you have been so instrumental in helping out with. Mm. So Dan Quijano creates the closer. Uh, what does he call it? Has he given the name yet? <laughs> oh, he says we can go with that. So um, <laughs> the role playing competition. And so what's happening right now is Kelly Hanno is working on getting, um, what's his name? The guy who wrote the book, um, The FBI negotiator. What's his name? Somebody's going to say it in the chat. Do you know who Can I'm talking about? I have no idea. The FBI negotiator. Um. Yeah. Hold on a second. Why what does that I... have to do with What does that have to do with real estate? Oh, it's so good. Well, he he wrote a book that everybody thinks. Oh, Chris Voss. That's his name. Oh. Okay. So, okay. He, oh, it's never split the difference. So Chris Voss writes okay. a book about, and it's called Never Split the Difference. It's a sales negotiating and tactic book. And so he's going to come in and judge this year. He's going to judge. He's like prolific. People fly him all over the country to talk about sales and structure and cadence and all that kind of stuff. And so he's going to come in and judge the finals, not for this round, but the end of year round. Kelly Hanno is going to start working on that. Chris Voss is going to be coming into that. And that's why I'm like, I need something bigger than Zoom. I need something massive so we can start running these Zoom, these big old air meets together. And then we can collect the emails of people who register so we can send them the, um, the recording so they can go back and watch it multiple times. Um, yeah, so does anybody think that's cool? A lot of people are like, super dope. Yeah, Chris Voss is yeah. sick. So um, Lonza. Yeah. <laughs> if if I want to if I want to get in touch with you, let's say I'm a wholesaler, and this is going to be on YouTube for forever, right? So you're going to get blown up for forever. I I get um, Reese Pennington's like man, I, I, and Tristan Trenberth, they've been on my other podcast, Get Creative, and they're like man, every week I get like four or five new people that are calling me or texting me. He's like, it's like a free lead referral source for the rest of my life being on your <laughs> podcast. So, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you? I'd say really the best way is probably to message me on Instagram. Okay. Everybody you got, everybody's got his Instagram, by the way, how many followers do you have in there? Cause I know you're not super, you're super active in your chat, but you're not really active on posting. 
No, I need to get better about that. My I, my daughter does that stuff. I need to talk to her. I need to hire her as my as my social media manager. <laughs> so I've got ODD odd says I already know I will be contacting Lonza. So much value. So make sure you DM him on Instagram and work with him. Here's the thing I ask though. Don't just call him to ask him questions about creative finance and all that kind of stuff. I he's too nice of a guy to tell you this. Bring him value. Okay. Don't just swarm his DMs and say, Hey, I have a question about sub two guys. That's what YouTube and books are for. And when you guys are ready, you know, make sure you're in the free creative finance Facebook group. If you guys want to join the community, then by all means join the community, but don't turn Vincent Lanza into a free coach. Don't take up his time, generate leads, bring those leads to Vincent. So you guys can actually do deals together. That's the way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. As much as you and I would like to help each and every single person, it's just not really possible, which is why we do, you know, all these Zoom meetings and you do the Sunday service and wholesale hotline and, and air meets and everything else you do. So definitely an agreement. I mean, I know you're like me, right? You almost feel bad. Like, I wish I could answer every single person's question, but it's like not possible. There's just not enough hours of the day. So I know you're like me, you're like, you're feeling bad about it, but the reality is this is not possible, right? No. I'm, I'm getting more and more used to it, to be honest. Um, and that's why I do so many deep dive zooms where I switched it over. If you, I, obviously you know this last year, I would just do these nine hour zooms and I would just answer, answer, answer questions, but then nobody would go back and watch those zooms. So I learned, let me just deep dive on two hour Zoom so that they're smaller, incremental. People can listen to them while they're driving to work to and from. People can listen to them when they're mowing their lawn or whatever else. But nine hour Zoom sifting through to find one topic that you need was something I learned. Don't do that. While it does turn people into leaders and it gives people a ton of information, it's limited to only, you know, 30, 40 people at a time. So now I only spend Tuesdays doing my five hour zooms. And then every other day is my two hours going on one single topic. Yeah, so topic, which is really good. Right. And then I also am not afraid to tell people to go watch those videos because I realize that I need to talk about topics I haven't spoken about because, um, there's all those things are recorded. It's made my life a little bit better. Um, Lonza does need a virtual assistant. One thing I can tell you is that Lonza's, Lonza, I, uh, Cody and I talked about you today for about 30 minutes in my backyard. And um, you, Donovan Rich, Don Rich, um, Reese Pennington, Ty, and a couple of other people have been in the mentorship a long time, um, are coming out to the mastermind this week. And Cody and I and Matt want to sit down and talk to you guys about your systems and make sure that we get certain things dialed in and good flows and all that kind of stuff. Because you guys are doing deals yeah. Um, we just, we just want to make sure that, um, you guys are supported properly. we got a lot of really, really cool things that we're um, going to be talking to you guys about on Saturday. So, Excited um, about that. so guys, as we wrap up tonight, I want to ask a couple of questions. I want to ask questions to the side chat because what I'm going to start doing is that, um, air meet. Okay. Air meet is going to be something that we do once a month. What we're going to be doing is we're going to focus on a very basic topic to give basic level understanding of real estate for an hour to an hour and a half. 
then we're going to start having a very high level guest, somebody who is not real estate related as a special guest, because I can have guests on Sunday service, wholesale hotline tomorrow, April Giuliano's on, on wholesale hotline, which will be really oh, cool. cool. I love April and Mark. They're so they're the best. What a so great. There, it's funny because you guys are like on opposite ends of the country from each other. Literally, yeah. like you're on the water and they're on the water. Yeah, I'm on the San Francisco Bay and they're in the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and it's cool that you get to be like have friends and family in this mentorship that you are just like, I love these people. I've never met them in person, but I love these people. They're the best. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to ask the audience, out of all the people you guys have listened to, motivational, whether it's religious-based, non-religious-based, um, sales structure, whatever. I don't want guests that are real estate guests. I want to start bringing in once a month to the general public, not just the sub two, not just the sub two students, because I want to start doing a better job of promoting my sub two students to the world. And Airmeet has proven to be really, really good for that. Um, because I can get the emails of everybody that comes to the army and I can then send out my students, a list of my students. I can send out, you know, scripts or other things to people so that they can start working with my students. So I love air meet, but I don't want Jordan Peterson is amazing. I would love to get Jordan, Jordan Peterson, Les Brown. We already got him. Les Brown is coming in. Um, Les Brown is coming in June. Andy Frisella would be really, really cool. David Goggins. Oh my gosh, I'm writing that down. I would love to have David Goggins. Anybody that you look up to, Vincent, you might have somebody like obscure that you've that you um, look up there's to. There's a couple guys. There's a guy named Pedro Adeo. Have you ever heard of him? A-D-A-O? No. Um, he's he's uh, a great motivational speaker. He, um, yeah, he's he's a cool guy. Um, he just did a thing with Tony Robbins and Dean Grazioso the last couple of weeks. He was one of their guests. Um, and in the religious world, there's a guy named Michael Todd. He's 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 really amazing. He's got an amazing story. Talk about just having a vision. I mean, I don't want to give the story away, but talking about having a vision and, and seeing it come to pass, like it's his story is is amazing. And I think he's, I believe he's in Oklahoma City, someplace like that. He's, he's got a pretty incredible story of having a vision and seeing it come to pass in such a magnificent magnitude that it's like, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. I don't want to tell Eric, the story. We <laughs> already have, we already have, um, Eric Thomas, um, as somebody we're going to be, um, we're going to be bringing Eric Thomas. That's a good guest. I really do want to have a couple of women because I don't think women are represented in real estate, um, as well as they should now. Obviously, it's a smaller population of women in real estate um, as real estate investors. Um, I don't see a lot, right? Like 90% of the people in my audience are, are male. So I get it. There's going to end up being less people speaking about real estate. But when we're talking about mindset, I would love, what, who's Breen Brown? Is it Breanne Brown or Breen Brown? Oh, American researcher. Hold on. Let's pull this up real quick. Okay. Um, storyteller professor. Okay, great. 1965. Dare to lead. Daring. Okay, great. I'll write her down. Breen Brown. And so what happens is I have a department in my company. A lot of people don't know this, but it is Kelly Hanno. And when I hired Kelly Hanno, I told her, she goes, so who's going to be, what's going to be my job title? 
And I said, Kelly, your job title is something you've never heard before. And she says, what is it? And I said, you are going to be the leader of the impossible department. She's like, the impossible department? I go, yeah, the, the, the impossible department. She's like, what does that mean? I go, we're going to change the word impossible to something that every time you hear it or other people in our audience hear the word impossible, they know that it's inevitable and it's going to happen. And so I'm going to re like wire your brain. So you're in charge of the impossible department. And she's like, name something that you're talking about that's impossible. I go, how about I get on the Wolf of Wall Street's podcast? And we make that happen. Then I say, how about we get Les Brown? That seems like an impossible guest to get. Then we get Les Brown. Then we say, let's get Robert Allen. And then somehow the universe or God, how, whoever you guys believe in, puts me in the path of Robert Allen because I spoke it out loud. Yeah. And so what we're doing right now is we're going to um, speak these things out loud. Breen Brown, Eric Thomas, Michael Todd, Pedro Adea, David Goggins. We are going to speak these things out loud. And once a month as a full community, students and non-students, we are going to bring these people to the table and have amazing little firesides once a month. Oh, that's going to be, love it. Absolutely love it. It's going to be fun. I, I, Pedro, Adea, I'm going to, pull, I'm going to get that one just for you. I don't know how we're going to get him, but we're going to get him. Okay. I, I well, may be able to help a little bit. <laughs> if you, if you can help a little bit, that would be amazing. Um, let's see. Hold on a second. Aaron Leet says, I would like to discuss this with my partner and give him, is that okay? What is a good time? I, um, he's not talking to us. Oh. Daniel, <laughs> says people aren't ready. Um, so, Yes, we are. We are ready, man. Come on. We have been locked down for a year. We are ready to break out. We are ready to make this happen. <laughs> Let me tell you, Pace, being in this mentorship for the last year, I mean, it, I have thrived. Me and my family, my wife, we have thrived, you know, and just having the mindset of like, even that despite everything that is going on in the world, in the country, it's like just having that mindset of like, it is all possible. Um, and like you've always said, you know, put, put things to action and now we're coming out of this. So the excuses are over. Like, let's, let's do it. It's going to be an amazing rest of 2021 going into 2022. And, um, look what you did during COVID. I know <laughs> this looks great. Me and my wife, we walk around the neighborhood here. We live in the, in the hills of San Francisco near Twin Peaks area. It's, it's really nice. We have a really nice view from our house and stuff. In fact, when you come to San Francisco, you have to come to my house. I'm going to make you spaghetti, man. Some people say I make well, the We best will come hang out in San Francisco. My wife's anyway, favorite city is San Francisco. So we, um, when we were just, when, as we were walking around the neighborhood, it's like, you know, a year now from COVID when San Francisco was locked down, it's like, look what happened in the last year. Like, yeah, it's just amazing. So thankful. So thankful. I'm, I, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, our mentorship needed you. Our mentorship needed a lot of the leaders. We needed you guys. And uh, it's why we also say it's not Pace's mentorship. It's our mentorship because you're, uh, you're as good of a mentor to the new students coming in as I am, honestly. And so I'm I'm grateful for you, tremendously grateful for you, and I'm so happy to put you out here on on the stage to get people to to go and follow you on Instagram and send you a DM. Guys, let me challenge you right now: if you are um, not following Vincent, please go follow him. He doesn't post a lot, but we're going to fix that. 
Yeah, I'm going to get my social media manager. That's where I need help. Right. <laughs> even if he does, even if he only posts once a week, we're going to get him going. But one thing he will do is he will answer his DMs. So please DM him, send him, go on Instagram, tag him. Let's, let's give him at least 20, 30, 40 tags. A lot of the students that are in here are like, oh, I love Vince and I see him three times a week. You guys don't need to tag him, but let's tag. If you're, if you don't know Vincent, let's tag him. It's Vincent Douglas underscore, please. Um, now there's a lot of people that are asking the question about other wholesalers. Okay. Okay. Al, Al Edmondson says, I like all of Pace's guests more than Pace. I do. <laughs> I would like my guests more than me too. I, that's why I bring them on here. Um, so on the AirMeet stuff that we're going to be doing, if you get Pedro Adea, is it Adea or Adea? It's Adeo. Dang it. I was wrong on both. Holy crap. <laughs> it's okay. It's A-D-A-O. Okay. If we get him, would you like to interview um, him with me and be on the stage with me? Oh, yeah, yeah. I would love that. That would be okay. awesome. Anybody that can help us get some of these guests, like David Goggins, Michael Todd, Eric Thomas, Breen Brown, T. Harvecker, you guys bring those guests to me. We'll interview them together. There's a handful of these people like Les Brown's costing me money. He normally charges $60,000 to do this, and he's not even charging a quarter of that to come do it, but it's very, very expensive to get some of these guests, um, like the price of a car, expensive. And so if there is money involved, please let me know. We'll figure that out. Um, and we'll bring them to the table. I really want to have like a fireside every month where we get everybody together, students, non-students, and we kind of build that bridge between people who really need help but can't get into the mentorship because there's people that are rejected because of the area that they're in. Um, we've sold out like 14 areas. So I feel like there's no, there's no way for them, those people to get help other than like free content. So I want to make sure that they're introduced to students at a high level. And then there's people that can't afford to get into a mentorship. And so I want to do once a month, just focusing, um, focusing on bringing students and non-students together with a non-real estate related mindset air me. Wow. So um, guys, if you got any value tonight, please thank Doug Lanza. He's amazing. And then, oh, everything is opposite in here. <laughs> Which way am I going this way? Oh, yeah, it is. Hey, Pace. hey let me just say, um, everybody, Pace is one of the most amazing givers that I know that I have ever met. The amount that he does to just try to help everybody, the amount that he just gives not only his students, but just everybody who's out there in this community and listening to this broadcast right now. I mean, I, I, I love this man. I appreciate him so much. And he is an amazing giver. And when I grow up, I want to be just like him. <laughs> <laughs> we, we needed you, brother. We needed you to join the mentorship a year ago. And I can't, I can't tell you, I'm sure you felt some of it. But um, one thing I've known about teaching people is that you don't even know the people that you're helping. There was um, on the one year anniversary of our mentorship, there was a gal I've never, I've never spoken to before. Her name is Paige. And she was like the third video. I had 1,700 videos sent to me as like a celebration of the mentorship. And the third video I watched was a lady named Paige. And she's like, Pace, you don't know me. I'm one of your students. Um, my name is Paige. And you changed my life and this, 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 and this. And um, it was super impactful for me 
And it reminds me that you don't know who you're helping when you just consistently give and give and give. There's the 99% of people that will never say anything to you. And then there's the 1% of people that will. So I know you felt the appreciation of all the people you've helped by people saying thank you and you're appreciated. But I want to speak for the other 99% of people that will never speak up because they'll feel, they might feel stupid or embarrassed by thanking you. But thank you for joining the mentorship. Thank you for not just joining, but being a big, big part of the community and the vision. The vision has actually evolved um, and gotten better because of people like yeah. you. I'm like, wow, I have this resource now. Let's amplify this. And wow, I've got this guy. And oh my gosh, let's amplify, amplify. And none of it would be possible without you and you know uh, other leaders in the sub two crew. So I love you, bro. I appreciate you. I look forward to hanging out with you. You guys are flying in Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. We're going to get there Wednesday afternoon. Can't wait to hang out with you on Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. Same. All right, brother. Sushi. <laughs> guys, um, follow Doug Lonza, please. We appreciate you guys tremendously. We will see you guys next week on Sunday service. Thank you.